Hello everybody out there and welcome to another episode of the Talk That Talk Show with me, Barry Holmes. Everybody was so uh, worried about my beard, I'm telling you, already in just a week it's already growing back for those people that are watching on the video, so I told you, don't worry, it's coming back. But here we are, I think we're coming for our 83rd episode here of the Talk That Talk Show, man. For those people that don't know, I'm sporting the OG 7s these are with our little Christmas touch to them. Um, this is one of my favorite jobs that I had made over the past couple weeks. Shout out to Mary Beth Heaney on our Facebook live stream. Shout out to my boy John Zapata. Um, but like I said, we've been coming with some straight heat over these past couple weeks as far as you know putting out the merch. Um, more, more, most recently, I just released the green long sleeve, the OG8, which wound up being another sellout. So for the eighth consecutive time, I sold out on one of my shirt releases. And, you know, again, I, I never cease to amaze myself. And I don't take that for granted because, you know, I put my heart and soul into this. I was talking to Ashley Krasinski on a Facebook messaging before. And, you know, she had supported with uh, one of the releases that I just put out. And, you know, pretty much I was telling her how, you know, I've put my heart and soul into this. And, you know, it's that appreciation of that, you know, person out there that does see that you're putting in the work and is willing to support that. You know, it means all the difference for me and, and, it, and it continues to push me and propel me forward. Um, and I alluded to this before, but um, one of the things that we had before the start of the day is we had a dollar raffle. So for those people that wanted, and I, I put it on our Facebook page and our Instagram links and stuff, but we had a dollar raffle for this uh nice pink vibes uh talk that talk show beanie and the beanies have actually been a venture that i you know have put myself forward into and uh, it started out as an idea from my friend shout out to doc g but um you know she had you know come to me with the idea of hey why don't you you know put your logo on a beanie it's starting to get cold out here and you know you know me i'm not i'm not really the big beanie guy like i'm a fitted guy you know always gotta have my fresh fitted but um you know i decided to you know trust my friend and, and take that advice and really what it's allowed me to do is connect to a much more different fan base and you know especially with the shirts and the sweaters and especially like with this christmas uh sweater you know definitely caters to a, a certain demographic but you know the thing I was most proud of with pursuing this beanie venture was the fact of just the, the wide variety of people, whether it was white, uh, black, Asian, Spanish. You know, I just got an immense amount of, of feedback from just a whole wide variety of people. And it was just mostly positive feedback that they liked the beanies. And, you know, I, I, I really, like I said, took to the creativity and took to the challenge of trying to create something dope that not only with just these drops i've you know made a bunch of the same one but with these beanies what we were able to do is just make a, a bunch of different colors and really um how could i say just build off of that creativity and those types of colors that and you know colorways that i like and it never dawns on me or i never take for granted the fact that i am putting into motion the things that are going on in my mind and i'm really putting yeah, I got my own clothing, man. Um, it makes me smile. It makes me happy. And just doing the drop-offs to people throughout these last couple of days and, you know, people giving me feedback on the uh, the beanies, 
it's it's totally 100% been worth it for me and and I can't wait to pick up some more tomorrow so for the people out there that that don't know you can look on the Facebook page um, and then also look through on our Instagram. Um, I, I have a bunch of different beanies and colorways that I'm dropping that I'm really excited about. And for all those people out there that did support on this soft release beforehand, you know, I appreciate you guys so much because without you, I wouldn't have the motivation to continue to try and put forth these awesome dope stuff. And, um, you know, it means the world to me. Uh, we're going to be announcing the winner to this uh, dollar raffle at the end of the show. So for everybody that uh, put forth, I think we were able to get like 56 entries in there, which is amazing. Shout out to all the people that supported with that. So, um, you know, before I get into this show, I want to give a big special shout out to our sponsors. Uh, shout out to VW Liquors located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. want to thank Air We Are for the best air conditioning needs and cooling and heating that you could need. Please hit him up. Uh, shout out to my boy, Angela, over at 13 and a Half Clothing Company. Um, he's doing great things. And also, you're going to want to hit up my boy, Savion Gaynor, who's really killing the game with his skydive socks. And then also, uh, a big shout out to my boy, Cody Bromley, over at 91s.com. He's got the best acid wash apparel in the game. I can't tell you how much it means to have my friends that also have their own clothing brands that they've launched and have had success with, and I support and stand with them too. So, you know, those sponsorships definitely mean a lot to me. Um, also want to give a big shout-out to Maria and Joe Snow helping to get people their financial freedom over at New York Life. If you're looking to try and, and get yourself on a, a financial plan or something that works for you and your family, hit them up. They're going to give you the stability and the flexibility that you're looking for, so please Hit them up. And then finally, my, my boy, uh, Timmy Hugel over at Ink Parlor. I absolutely love that guy, man. Um, have nothing but nice things to say about the guy. He's helped me to launch my brand and pretty much make it accessible to a lot of people out there. So I want to thank him. And for anybody else out there that's trying to make your own brand or trying to venture out and, and are looking for something affordable, but the quality, high-quality material, uh, you're definitely going to want to hit them up over there. We got the, the, the stream is booming. We got Vitamin Z who says holiday fits. I guess he likes this uh, holiday shirt. He loves it. Uh, my boy Stanley on our Instagram says, keep them coming. Talk that talk show gear is fire. He was able to get one of the only maroon uh, beanies over there, so big shout-out to him. We have Abe Galama here on our Facebook Live, and then my boy Dave Stolen says the Holiday gear is perfect. Thank you so much, bro. But um, the gear wouldn't be dope if it wasn't for a dope podcast. So uh, I got to jump into this show. We got 12 people, 6 people, uh, 18 people total on our, our, our stream now. So I guess it's the right time to get right into it, right? So real quick, I don't know for people that don't know out there, but uh, Kyrie Irving is definitely over here in Brooklyn with the Nets. But he's been in the, the media for not exactly the most positive of reasons. And what we've seen here is this Kyrie has gotten fined by the NBA along with the Brooklyn Nets for $20,000 because of the fact that he does not want to speak to media and was not available for a lot of the media availability events that, that players nece are necessary to do and, and, and required as their job. And Kyrie decided that he's, you know, doesn't need to do that. Um, he feels that the media are just pawns and he doesn't speak to pawns. Um, I, I just, 
it's really tough because with Kyrie Irving, especially being a guy from Jersey, you think you would have this this tough exterior, this tough mentality that a lot of us Jerseyans, you know, are pretty much born with. But surface level, Kyrie Irving just seems like a very emotional guy that um, it just he, he, he he's very hard to understand and hard to grasp, especially when you try to come over to play at the media capital of New York. I mean, what do you think your job is going to entail? You're going to have to talk to the media and, and that's your job as an athlete. And I just think it's very, um, it's very dangerous when you have Kyrie Irving who goes and says some words as, as far as calling people pawns and stuff because now you're downplaying how people make their livelihood and how they make their money. I mean, nobody said if you really want to start calling people pawns, I mean, he has to look in the mirror and look at himself. I mean, for all the, 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 the hate and all the negativity that he talks about the league and how the stuff he doesn't stand for, he still goes out and puts that jersey on. He still goes out there and collects that check. So who really is the pawn at the end of the day when he's out here calling people pawns that are just trying to do their job? It, it makes it, it makes no sense to me, especially as someone who covered New York sports and covered New York media for you know over five six years. Uh, I know what it means like, and I know what it feels like to have athletes who don't want to ask questions or answer questions, and and it's completely understandable at certain times. And I've seen reporters ask dumb questions, and they've gotten shut down by athletes. But the thing that uh, that Kyrie isn't even inviting the conversation or isn't even allowing for them to to, to, to uh, really get a, a true interview or to try and allow them to do their job. It's just a disservice to the fans and it's a disservice to the people who, who really want to get to know who Kyrie Irving is. I mean, it's, it's tough. It's really tough because I really like the guy Kyrie Irving as a player. And I know ultimately at the end of the day, like Jeff Farrell said, if he goes out there and drops 50 a game, uh, you know, nobody's going to care at the end of the day of, about these so-called distractions. But, you know, at the end of the day, when you start to compile the different things and when you see he's made comments about how LeBron wasn't clutch and making these ba backhanded comments, you know, it just really makes me think that, and this is just from my perception of what Kyrie Irving has given to me based off of what he's given to me. He just seems like a very selfish individual. And in the time where, you know, we should really be focused on the, the, the rebirth of the, the Brooklyn Nets and just how, how much positivity and just how, how Jeffrey's so excited to talk about his Nets. But all that we're hearing about in the media is just how, me, uh, how, how, how Kyrie Irving is downplaying the media and how he's saying that they're, they're, they're pawns. You know, it, it's just it's really, it's really disappointing, especially when you have someone who, like, like Kyrie Irving who represents the black athlete as a whole. I mean... How cool is it for people, especially with kids who are saying they want to dribble like Kyrie, and you have people that look up to him like that, and what kind of image are you setting for these young players out there who are going to have to be in those situations to talk to the media and to, to, to express themselves and to, to make themselves marketable? I mean, we've went to where Kyrie Irving is one of the most marketable players, and he had a movie in Uncle Drew and had all these different types of opportunities, but you don't really see him on any commercials or any type of things uh, that nature now because you know he's kind of embraced this this very cloudy persona it's very confusing so you know for other athletes out there um 
I, I just hope that they don't take the same route that Kyrie Irving has chosen to do with trying to ostracize or push out the media because that's no way to build your brand. That's like, what if I pushed all of you people out of there and like, yo, don't watch my show. You guys are all just pawns or sheep. I mean, that would make no sense in building your brand, right? Uh, we have Issue says the media sometimes spins stuff you say a lot, so I get why he would react that way. And that's 100% true, Ish. But the problem is in terms of the professionalism of way he, he handled this. If he just straight up was like, you know what, I'm not willing to talk to the media right now. Um, I'm just not with it. I think that it would be a lot more easier to go across to the general public. But when you're just straight up smashing them down and saying, hey, you're just pawns out there and, I, and I'm above you or you're beneath me. I think that's where we get the confusion in who is Kyrie Irving and what is he trying to portray himself as. We got a... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Stanley, who says, Kyrie, woke now. Can't tell him nothing. The earth is flat. You know, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that 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 uh, that net situation is going to work with Kyrie Irving as well in there, too. Um, my Uncle Mickey says, Nets is a championship or bust. No excuses. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's high hopes over there in Brooklyn, and it, it would be... It would be obtuse to think that Kyrie Irving is not going to be the leading or a crucial factor in Brooklyn being able to go beyond those hypes of what people think. So uh, I, I really look to see that hopefully Kyrie can put these comments in the past and really try and change his thinking. I mean, I know it seems impossible for such a thick-headed guy like him, but I think that in the larger scale of things, if he's trying to create this culture or create the likability and bring people and truly get Knicks fans over to the Mets. I mean, to the Nets, right? How's he going to do that if he's saying things like this? So I just looked at Kyrie and say, he's got to seriously think about the way he's branding himself. Um, I think that also beyond just the NBA starting up, which we'll get into a little bit later in the show, but for fight fans out there, this is a big, big weekend as far as fights. And we have Anthony Joshua, who's going to fight for Kub against Kubat Pulev, which is going to be a really good fight because Anthony Joshua has high expectations coming out of this. I mean, Pulev is definitely no slouch in just being someone that only has one loss. But I think that this heavyweight division as far as boxing has maybe been the one of the best in terms of us getting those high-profile fights or the fights that we actually want to see. Whereas where you have in the middle or the welterweight divisions where guys are ducking people. And I think that this Anthony Joshua is huge for the um, the heavyweight division because for a lot of people, presumably, they think the next fight for this is going to be Anthony Joshua versus um, Tyson Fury. Um, but that won't happen if we have Anthony Joshua who comes out and loses. Uh, we have Theo who said Anthony Joshua has to prove himself. He definitely does because he lost to Andy Ruiz, who we all had no idea saw that coming. But... You know, we saw that he was able to get the rematch and beat him, but a lot of people didn't really think that Andy Ruiz Jr. was that high of an opponent anyway because he was on the card as just a filler, right? So we truly just haven't seen Anthony Joshua tested to the max or have a high-quality uh, opponent, in my opinion. So I think that this Pulev... Uh, 
being maybe he's not as unknown to many most people in households, but he's going to be a tough opponent for Anthony Joshua. And I think that if he can decisively beat this guy, then we're definitely going to be in tune for a Tyson Fury super fight, which you know I'll be having the fight party over in my house. You just bring the drinks and we're going to have it, all right? Um, but I think another fight that a lot of people are super excited to also see is the Shakur Stevenson against Toka Clary fight. And Shakur Stevenson has been, uh, as also Tiafoma Lopez talked about before, is he represents a lot of those younger boxers that are trying to elevate the sport of boxing by fighting the best guys and fighting those top guys. And what I think with Shakur Stevenson is, is somebody who's undefeated. You know, he's from the brick, shout out to uh, Jersey, but he also is somebody that is kind of, even though he's undefeated, people have put some knocks as far as his uh, his power. You know, we haven't seen him knock too many people out or we haven't seen that devastating power. So I think that Shakur Stevenson is going to hopefully try and prove something in, in this next fight. Can we see a finish from him? We know that he's been somewhat of that technical uh, fighter, uh, almost similar to like a, a Errol Spence almost with his footwork. But, you know, we haven't seen that finishing power from him. So I want to see that from Shakur, hopefully, in this fight. That's what I'm going to be looking for. And then if you're not just a boxing guy, you can look forward to UFC because we got a title fight, one of the shortest title fight uh, turnarounds in history. I, I I remember blinking, and Brandon Moreno was fighting, and Deverson Figueroa was fighting on the same card. And now we have in the very next UFC, Figueroa is going to defend his title uh, against uh, Brandon Moreno. And I tell you what, from what Brandon Moreno showed me, he's somebody that looks like he's going to press the issue. He doesn't look like he's very um, afraid of Figueroa. I see that, um, you know, Moreno is somebody who also has somewhat of a chin. He looked like he was taking some some shots for sure, but... Um, from what I've seen, I think this is definitely going to be not a shoe-in fight for Figueroa. Um, I, I really like Brandon Moreno potentially in this upset. I know Figueroa has done a lot of devastating things to people. Um, he's got a lot of submissions. He's very dangerous from all angles of the attack. But, you know, I really think that there's something special with Brandon Moreno for some reason. It just looked like, you know, he, he looked, there's something in his eyes that, that showed me that, this is a fighter that I could see potentially getting an upset. So, you know, if anything that might happen out of this whole card that um, that we might not expect to happen, I think that that is the big upset there is that we might have Brandon Moreno who comes in and gets that win. But another thing that we might see that happens from this and why this has big implications for this fight is because it, it, it kind of entices and we've seen some things um, in social media from Triple C kind of, um, you know, um, hinting at maybe coming back for the winner of this fight. And, you know, I, I think that if Figueroa does, in fact, win and beat Brandon Moreno, as a lot of people think he should, you know, I think that we could potentially see Triple C come out of retirement and maybe fight this fight and get get um get put back on the card. I think that would be a fight. I always like watching Triple C fights, so um you know I'm not opposed to seeing him come back and fight Figueroa if he does get the win. But um you know I think that's also something that you have to think forward when we look into this fight. And then also uh, another fight that's actually the co-main event on this UFC card is that you have Charles Oliveira fighting against Tony Ferguson. And the last time we saw Tony Ferguson, he got Tony Ferguson, man. Justin Gaith absolutely beat the brakes off that boy, you know? So I think that, you know, moving forward, this is going to be a huge fight for uh, Tony Ferguson. 
is he on his last legs? I mean, before that, he had come in with the crazy fight win streak. And, and to get stopped by um, Justin Gaethje, now we have people in just such a short turnaround. People are saying that his career might be over if he doesn't win this fight. So huge implication for an aging fighter in Tony Ferguson. And, I, I mean, it's going to be tough. You, you got to see, especially from guys that get knocked out, and for somebody like Tony Ferguson who was on top for so long, it's going to be tough to see, you know, how does he come back? You know, I know he's been itching to get back in the ring, but, you know, we've seen what happened with Yoel Romero after he got a, a bunch of losses and then he got cut from the UFC. And I think that with Dana White pretty much making all these roster cuts and especially the people that we've, we've uh, grown to like watch fighting over the years, you know, it definitely puts a lot of pressure on these fighters who are at the end of their contracts or who have had some losses. So, you know, I look at Tony Ferguson as one of those people who is going to have immense pressure on his back to come out here and fight against a quality opponent in Charles Oliveira. So this is a very dangerous fight, not just in terms of his his personal health, but for the future of his fighting career. So, I mean... This is going to be tough, man. It's not a walk in the park for him, but, you know, I, I still believe that there's a fire that, that burns within Tony Ferguson, and I think that um, I think he's going to come out on top here. I do. Um, another thing that we have seen is my boy Travis Kelsey has joined the 99 Club in Madden. And I tell you what, um, for the first time for me playing this, um, you know, Madden on the next gen, I was completely blown away with just how smooth the game is. Um, I've been playing it online and, you know, there's ha hasn't been any lag. And just the way that the game runs, I've been very happy with it. And to see my fellow chief and Travis Kelsey join the 99 club, I definitely think it's justifiable. I mean, when you look at the guy and he's in, what, the top two or top three in receiving in the entire league, you know, over wide receivers, um, you know, I think that that's an amazing feat. And, you know, us in Kansas City, we've gotten accustomed to and we've got uh, real comfortable with having great tight ends where you had uh, Tony Gonzalez previously. But, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, he's a very special talent. And, you know, it, it always seems like around those third down situation, he always finds a way to get himself open and really sit in those zones and catch the ball. Um, he's a sure-handed guy. He has very deceptive speed. And, you know, I'm very happy to see that he is in that elite 99 club. And let me tell you, there is a huge difference when you become a 99. And Theo showed me that very uh, distinctly when we streamed our game uh, of Madden. I played with the Chiefs, and, and his uh, Rams exposed me with Aaron Donald. I mean, nobody could protect that guy. So if you think that, you know, 99 rating, it doesn't really matter. When those players turn 99, it makes a huge difference difference man and like i said travis kelsey's if i ever get another chiefs jersey that's gonna be a guy whose jersey i'm definitely gonna want to get but what i'll say to you is this also is that you know when you look at the tight ends and you think and you see hey my boy travis kelsey's a 99 you gotta look behind and look around and say damn well what other tight ends are really killing it and you know, we've seen George Kittle, who's went down with injury, and we have seen that a lot of the tight ends haven't exactly excelled to the max. But the next person, if you say, well, hey, you know, who 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 potentially could be also good next to Travis Kelsey? You got to put that boy Darren Waller in the conversation as one of the best tight ends as well, too. 
he also has 742 yards for seven touchdowns. And, you know, if you haven't heard his story, you also got to look at, you know, him coming back and getting his own redemption. But, you know, Darren Waller is definitely a, a young player also in the AFC West, but somebody that, that you're going to want to look to as these tight ends that are upcoming. And, you know, I look at his physicality. I look at the violent running and yards after catch that Darren Waller has and his also deceptive speed. And I think that, you know, he he was a huge part of why the, the Chiefs lost to the Raiders earlier on in this season. So, um, you know, Darren Waller, if you if you had to ask me who would be the next uh, tight end, you know, next to Travis Kelsey who has a potential chance of getting there, um, I'm not going to say it's this year, maybe not even next year, but down the road, you know, Darren Waller is going to be a problem. He's going to be a real problem. Um, but, you know, after that, also one of the things that we have uh, today, which I was really super excited about, is that the Knicks were back on TV and they're playing their preseason game. Um, I talked about it before about how the Knicks finally suddenly have gotten younger, it seems like, so so quickly. But, you know, when I looked as far as the starting lineup, uh, for once, I actually kind of got excited. And I was like, yo, I think I want to watch this game. They had Julius Randle starting at the power forward. You have Norland's Noel, who's starting at the center. Alfred Payton, who's starting at the point guard. Alex Burks, who's starting at the shooting guard. And then R.J. Barrett who's also playing in that shooting guard, small forward type of role. But here what we have is two of the free agent signings from the Knicks and Alex Burks and Norlis Newell, who automatically now have, have vaulted themselves into starting roles. And I'm really going to be interested to see just how they're going to gel and just how Thibodeau is able to kind of maximize the talents of the, the players that he has. I mean, I really look to see R.J. Barrett. Does he, you know, with this team... Uh, who 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 are we going to look as that go-to score out of this starting five? Is it Julius Randle? Can he take quality shots? Has he worked on that outside shot to make himself a little bit more of a threat outside of the paint? Is it going to be Alfred Payton? Is he going to go back to those old Orlando days where you know he was constantly attacking the rim and was playing efficiently? Or is it Alex Burks, somebody who you know has been a, a journeyman it seems like for many different teams, but has shown scoring ability? You know, I, I really look to see how they're going to go. And after I get off the uh, the air here, I'm definitely going to be watching that preseason game to see kind of what we have. But also one of the things that I've seen here is on the bench, you have Mitchell Robinson who's coming now off the bench. And when I covered those games last year, you saw that Mitchell struggled to be an effective defender for long periods of time because he would get himself into foul trouble, right? So what I see here is now Mitchell Robinson coming off the bench does that make him a little bit more free? Does it make him able to be aggressive and to be that potential shot blocker that can lead the league and, and, and stay out of foul trouble? And I think that him coming off the bench, that will help that out for sure. Um, you have Obi Toppin, who looks like he's going to be an elite person coming off the bench and an instant just energy guy. I mean, you looked at the garden last year or years past, and the place was dead. You know, we didn't have energized. You didn't have people that just, you know, infused life into that team. And what we've seen here is that, you know, Obi Toppin with being drafted so high, uh, somebody who was the Naismith player of the year, you have somebody that could potentially infuse this Knicks team off the bench. And Kevin Knox, this is going to be a, a make-or-break year for him. Um, I, I need to see more. I need to see more or, or ship him to, to Never Never Land. I don't want to see him ever again. 
because you know we've invested too much time or too much effort into players that haven't developed well. Uh, we have Zach House who says play Frank. Frank has to earn minutes. He's got to show that he is somebody that I can put and count on in clutch situations, and he has to be someone that's consistent. I've seen games where Frank Nilakina's played for 18, 20 minutes, and you didn't even know he was on the court. You know, it's more than just being a player on the court. You have to be a, 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 a contributor. You have to be a change maker, somebody who's going to, uh, to affect that team positively and consistently. And I see in that bench, I see a bunch of inconsistent players, and especially Dennis Smith Jr., I don't even know whether he remembers how to play basketball, but he's going to be somebody that's going to be looked to for significant minutes off the bench. And if this Knicks team is going to even win 20 games, you're going to have to have people that not only know their roles, but excel past their roles. And that's where you need uh, Tom Thibodeau to really drive that home and make that happen, man. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward to. And for everybody else out there, let's let's see see what the Knicks do. I mean, I, I want to be proud to wear – I mean, I will be proud regardless, but you know, I want to be proud to wear that Knicks jersey. And I want to be proud to say, hey, I am a Knicks fan, and we are playing significant games. We're not just playing for fucking lottery balls, all right? Um the next thing that I definitely wanted to talk about for sure, ladies and gentlemen out there that don't know, um, like we said, I'm a huge hat guy. I was super hyped to put on my hat today to match my OG7, but um, I was super hyped to get this hat that came in. Um, we had the uh, the hat club exclusive that just dropped, which was the green icy brims, and I was able to get my hands on one of these Mets green icy blue brims from hat club. And I tell you what, this might officially become one of my new favorite hats to rock. It has the 1969 World Series patch on the side. I told you we've been big on Hat Club and saying, hey, let's get us some different patches. And here we've seen they've given us a different patch with the blue brim. I love the icy blue brims. I think that it's, it's been a, a huge dope wave to see the, that uh, hats out here are really starting to get customized and get um, creative with the underbrims. And seeing those has kind of been an inspiration in myself and these beanies that I've put out, you know. So I, I, I definitely have really been, um, how could I say? Oh, what do you say? Can't lie, that's dope. My boy Dave Stone, is, he's a big Philadelphia Phillies fan, and even he said this, uh, this green icy brim is dope. So thank you, Dave. But um, like I said, uh, the creativity from these underbrims has really um, invigorated my uh, passion for uh, collecting fitteds again, and you know I'm definitely a, a, a proud person to be a part of the hype again. My boy Ish Treadwell, Ishabai Crane says, "Sheesh, uh, yeah, yo Ish, I'm coming with the heat, bro. I'm telling you right now." Um, so thank you everybody else out here who's been tuned in. Uh, we got a lot of people here on our, our stream. Um, he said, "We got Z Sean here on our Instagram live stream." Um, who else we have on here? We got Theo, my boy Jose, uh, Kevin Schaefer, my boy Tim IB, uh, my boy Suge on our Instagram live stream. Uh, thank you so much to everybody who's uh, tuned in. We have my boy John Zapata who asked, are there any beanies left? Yes, there are beanies left. I'm picking up a whole new order of beanies tomorrow. Um, what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to post all the colorways that I have available. And I promise you guys, when I make that post, please contact me immediately. Hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Because like my boy Jose says on our Instagram Live, they are selling out. 
I have sold for over 40 beanies in the last two days. What became just a soft release has become our next release, all right? Um, so like I said, everybody that's uh, been really, um, how could I say, the people that have really supported me through and through, you know, I appreciate you so much. And that is, you know, what really pushes me to try and make different ventures, to go off on a limb. You know, I was worried about the perception or how people would take these beanies at first. And now it just seems even crazy to think that I was worried because, like I said, you know, we've sold over 40 different beanies. I've had to restock about two or three times. We've got about 15, 16 different colorways. So I'm just super, uh, I'm super happy to be here, guys. Um, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you all. And like I said, you are the biggest reason as to why I'm able to come out here, uh, make this dope stuff, give you guys a quality podcast to listen to. And, and I appreciate you so much. The love oozes out of my body for you all, man. Uh, my boy Ish says, oh, fuck, I need that. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, bro. We're going to have these beanies out there. They're going to be really dope. Um, but also, we got to get into our beer review before I end this show. And the beer that I have today is um, a beer from Beach Hoss Brewery. For people that aren't aware, this beer is actually come from Belmar, New Jersey, okay? So here's a different Jersey brewery. So for people out there that are trying to find something different other than Bolero, you're going to want to check out Swash White Ale, all right? This is, this is going to be different. Um, a lot of times when we talk about ales, uh, at first, we're thinking of that automatically it's going to be a lighter beer than what we are accustomed to with the double IPAs or triple IPAs. But, you know, what really interested me with this beer, and I'm going to put it up there so everybody can see here, but what really interested me about this beer was the fact that, you know, with it being a white ale, you don't really know what to expect. What is a white ale, right? But automatically it says, you know, you got to keep me cold. So I think that this is going to be something that uh, just off the rip, I look at the color, and I think that it's going to be a very smooth beer that I might be able to drink a bunch of, okay? I might be able to drink a couple more of these than, you know, I might normally with the heavier beers. So, you know, for everybody out there that's here tuned in on a Friday night, um, if you're wearing your shirt, if you're not wearing your shirt, um, my boy Frank Lanza says, pour one for me. This one's for you, Frank Lanza, and for everybody out here that's tuned in. If you have a beer, put your beer up. If you have a drink, put your drink up. And like I said, I feel like the, the, the luckiest person in the world because I have a loyal fan base and I have a platform that I have not wasted. And um, I continue to try and maximize it, and you all are the main reason as to why I'm able to. So everybody out there, cheers up, and let's see how good this beer is. Wow. Swash Beach House Brewery. You can get this at BW Liquor. Yeah, I'm going to do that again. Hold on. Wow, that's swashbuckling. Wow, that was really good, man. I tell you what. For those people that don't know, I'm going to tell you right now. Please try this swash white ale. Um, there's not many times where I just say, hey, let me let me get that again. Let me go after that again. And I tell you right now, uh, that this is a very smooth beer. It has a good aftertaste to it. It's going to be something that I definitely would suggest to a lot of people out there for sure, man, because, you know, I'm very someone who, who appreciates the taste of beer, and this is definitely one 
like it said, you got to glug glug it twice, man. Pause. Mega pause, all right? But uh, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in here on the Talk That Talk show for our, eighty, I think, 83rd installment. You know, this, this continues to get better each and every week. Um, I would, wouldn't be here if it wasn't for my sponsors. Shout out to VW Liquors located in Wick Plaza, Edison, New Jersey. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. We always do that for Dave at the end of the show. Um, you know what? I might have to put my green icy brim on to do that. Let's do that one more time. I want to do that in my green icy, all right? One, two, three. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Yeah, that feels good in the green icy, man. That does. So shout out to everybody over at VW Liquors. Uh, my boy uh, Dave, he actually wound up picking up a couple beanies. Tim, uh, Neva, Caroline, everybody over there. Crystal Dice. Um, just Everybody's just doing great things over there. And, and they're actually, um, there was somebody that used to work there by the name of Jane who I just had information about that passed away um, recently. So my condolences go to the entire VW Liquors family. Um, every time I would come into the store, ever since uh, I remember Jane as somebody that was just always nice, had the southern accent, and was somebody that treated you with a, a welcoming you know, smile. And she would pick fun at you sometimes too. And ever since I can even remember buying alcohol legally, you know, she was just somebody that was a nice person. So, you know, when I got the news going into VW Liquors today, I was very sad. So, you know, I definitely want to, you know, condolences going out to Jane, her family, and everybody at the VW Liquors family as well. So, you know, everybody out there, let's put a drink up for Jane, man. Rest in peace, Jane. For real. And then also, want to give a shout-out to people at Air We Are. Um, my boy... Uh, Jeff Galata is doing great things for people for their heating and air conditioning needs. Hit him up. Um, he'll definitely help you out and give you an affordable price and then help you out with. Also want to give a shout out to my boy over at 13 and a half clothing company. Um, we're going to be in the process of hopefully trying to show off some of his, uh, winter collection in his next couple episodes. So, you know, big out to him. Also want to give a shout out to Savion Gaynor, who's our sponsor over at Skydive Socks. Uh, I love that guy, man. Um, he's been like, you know, a big brother to me that I, that I didn't have. And um, I always love talking to him and jogging stuff off of each other and uh, just trying to push each other forward, man. So, you know, big shout out to him over there. Then also to the people over at 91s.com, my boy Cody Bromley. He's got the best acid wash apparel in the game, y'all. Um, also want to shout out Maria and Joe Snow over at New York Life. For people trying to look for their financial freedom, please hit them up, and they'll try and put you on a financial plan that will work and will get you to where you're trying to go for the future, man. Um, then finally, want to give a shout-out to Ink Parlor. Uh, my boy, um, Timmy Hugel, he's doing great stuff over there and just helping to, to build people's brands through the merchandise, man. And I wouldn't be where I, where I am now if it wasn't for Tim and the help that he does. And let me tell you guys, I don't want to release the designs. Sometimes I, I, I release them early and I, and I can't wait. And, I, and we've been selling out. But I, I tell you, uh, the next hoodie that we are dropping in January is going to be absolute flames. So please save your money in January because if you don't get yourself a beanie, we got a huge opportunity for you to get one of these hoodies that's going to be absolutely fire, the OG 
nines, I think these are now. But um, before we end the show, I definitely have to see who is going to be the winner of our Pink Vibes uh, beanie. This was actually selected as the most uh, liked beanie out of all the colorways that we had. I asked people to give their feedback, and this beanie was the one that was most sought after and had the most positive feedback. So what we did was we did a dollar raffle to see who would be the person to get one of these Pink Vibes beanies. And out of all the people, we have had 56 entries. This wheel is definitely going to spin today. So everybody out there that, uh, that um, uh, how could I say, supported, thank you to Ashley Krasinski. Shout out to Tim, my boy Carl Samuels. Doc G, Becca Dean, her boyfriend Jack, Brienne Pearson. Uh, thank you so much to everybody that uh, was supportive of this. Uh, this beanie is one of my favorites. Um, for everybody else out there, uh, we have Zeeshawn who says that's Fweg. So I think he likes this one too. So um, if you do like the beanies, if you're looking for any information on you know what beanies are available, you can look at my Facebook. I'm going to have all the colorways posted. And just reach out to me. And I promise I'll get you uh, hopefully a beanie that you'll like before it's sold out. Because I promise you, we sell out over here at Talk That Talk Show, baby. We sell out artists. All the time. All right. So without further ado, we're going to spin this wheel Everybody with me, count down. Five, four, three, two, one. And let's spin the wheel. I don't know who's going to win this beanie, but it looks like it is Doc G. Wow. Doc G is the winner of the, the Talk That Talk Show Pink Vibes beanie. Um, big shout out to her. She's one of the influential uh, pieces and trying to uh, make these things happen. Um, I appreciate you, Doc. Uh, we're going to get this beanie out to you. And if anybody else that would like to get themselves a beanie, uh, we have Ricky Sudnick. He said, yo, are any beanies left, Uncle Barris? Yes, Uncle Barris is here to tell you that there are some beanies left. I'm picking up a whole new order of beanies tomorrow. But please, everyone, Look on Facebook, look on the Facebook page, and you will have all the different colorways and beanies that are available. I'm going to message you, come in contact. Uh, we can either ship them out to you or we can meet somewhere socially distanced. Guys, you want to get these beanies before they sell out. We've sold out over 40 within the past 24 hours. It hasn't even been two full whole days. So please find a way to get in contact with me. See the different colorways out there, and I promise you, there's going to be beanies for you. That's what I'm gonna that's what I've been doing over these past couple of days, feverishly working hard to make sure everybody has a chance at this. Because what normally happens is with these releases, some people miss out on the Christmas sweater, some people miss out on the shirts. But with these beanies, I promise to everyone who hasn't had a chance to support, here is your chance to support, all right? These beanies right here are your chance to support if you miss out on the drop. So please, I'm pumping this heat. I'm trying really hard. I'm putting my heart, soul, blood, sweat, and tears into this shit. So please, continue to work with me. Be patient. Keep uh, 
Keep telling me the things that you want to see. Keep using the website to schedule appointments. I had Nathan Otakity who reached out to me and potentially trying to get here on the show. And now we're potentially talking about having an off-site episode in Chicago. These are the things that are in the works, people. And all these things wouldn't be able to happen if it wasn't for you all supporting and you all being the contributing and initiating factors into trying to make this shit doper every single week. So thank you so much. I love you all. This Talk That Talk show is the people, as a show for the people, by the people, by this boy right here, Barry Holmes. I promise to tell you each and every week that you can depend that you will have a quality podcast to tune into, to listen to, to share, to watch, to do whatever you feel like you want to do with this. I can only create the content for you to, to watch. So I did my job. Now it's time for y'all to do your job. Thank you so much. I love you all. And I will see you all next week.